for me what success is, right? That I can show girls who look like me that you two can do exactly what I'm doing. That there's no real, you know, secret here. It's all about you being able to see me out in the world doing it and knowing that you can do the same thing. Welcome to She Speaks How She Does It. I'm your host, Eliza Freud, and we're excited to bring you a new episode today with an inspiring woman. But first, we would love and appreciate if you're enjoying the podcast to help us get the word out about our guests' inspiring stories. One quick way you can do that is to write a rating and review of the podcast on Apple or wherever you listen to the show. And to thank you for doing that, if you email us a screenshot of your review to podcast at shespeaks.com, we will send you a surprise gift. We can't wait to hear what you think. Now, here we go with today's episode. Welcome to the show today, everyone. The woman who is on today's show, Tina Wells, is somebody whose career I have tracked for a long time. Um, It turns out that when I first heard about Tina doing amazing things, um, she was 16 years old. She was just 16 years old. And she ran a company uh, from the time she was 16 uh, for 24 years that helped uh, really understand what was going on in culture as it related to young women, uh, teen girls and young women, and has had an impact on so many things. But in addition to that, while she was doing that, she also was a best-selling author of the series uh, Mackenzie Blues and the spin-off series The Z Files. So she's an accomplished author and she's also an accomplished entrepreneur. She recently launched a new business, which she talks about um, on our show today. I really am excited for you to hear what Tina has to say. Uh, I think she has such amazing insight and has done so many incredible things with her life. Um, So we're going to let you hear what she has to say and jump right into it. Well, I am so excited to have you on the show today, Tina. I know you know that you have inspired me in so many ways. You've helped me inspire my the business that I launched. Um, so having you on the show is sort of like a, a fangirl moment for me. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I am thrilled to be here. Thank you. Um, okay, well, great. Well, I am going to jump in with some questions because you do so much. I mean, I knew of you from the business, the consulting business that you launched that was extremely successful. First, tell everybody, how old were you when you launched your consulting business? Uh, I was 16. I, I was a 16-year-old accidental entrepreneur too. I wanted to be a fashion editor. So I absolutely didn't really think I would be doing what I'm doing now or what I was doing back then. So it was, that was like a means to an end. So I, <laughs> I still was like, I need to go be a fashion editor. This thing is fun. But yeah, I was a teenager. So when I, it, it's fair to say, cause I always ask our guests, what were you like as a child? Were you entrepreneurial? I mean, you basically became an entrepreneur as a child. I mean, that, that is 16 years old, kind of unbelievable what were you, was that something that you had in your plan? Did you always know you wanted to do a business? No, it's funny. My parents often say by three years old, I was, I'm, you know, my mom says at three, Tina's exactly the same as, you know, I am now at 40. She's like, that was just always her personality. But, um, you know, I was born in Lancaster, Pennsylvania and 
grew up there for a bit. Then my family moved to Southern New Jersey. So I was raised in suburban New Jersey. Uh, I'm the oldest of six. And so I had a very, you know, I would say traditional childhood, you know, playing outside, active in sports, active in school. And then I just had this thing I did on the side. And so it didn't really consume my life. It was just a fun thing I was doing. You know, I didn't even really take it seriously as a business or company for a while. It just was like my fun project. So tell, uh, if you could talk a little bit about what was the business, the business that you launched at 16, which is a business you ran for how many years? 24 years. 24 years. What was that business? Uh, So it was called Buzz Marketing Group and it started out as the buzz and it was really um, a research company. So we expanded from research into influencer marketing. We were one of the first to do it in the space. Um, That was not, I I can admit, my genius idea. I was pushed by a client who wanted to use my research uh, network to help launch a beauty product at Sephora. And so I was literally kind of pushed into it. And I remember saying... um, I don't even know how to charge you because I don't even know if it's going to work. And so, you know, I want to be fully transparent with your audience to say, I just kept being in the right place at the right time with the right product that people Mm -hmm. wanted. Uh, And sometimes I didn't even realize that. And so I ran the agency for 24 years. We, you know, in the mid 2000s, were in the right place to start talking about millennials. We had been tracking them since they were teenagers uh, in the 90s. And then you know, originally I only focused on 13 to 19 year olds. And then we had all this great data. And I remember saying, well, just because someone's 19 doesn't mean we should stop talking to them. And then we went up to 24. And it's funny, I was kind of aging up uh, with my my demo, you know, so I was 16 mm-hmm. talking to 16, then I was 24 talking to 24 year olds. And so I just really grew um, both with my demographic and with the needs of my clients. Yeah. So you ran that business, had amazing clients for 24 years. In that time, in addition to running that business, you also were a hugely successful author. In yeah. fact, my daughters um, read McKinsey, the, the Mackenzie Blues series when they were younger. So I know the series. Can you talk about how did you become an author? So you're busy running this successful business and you said, oh, I'll take on also writing books and be become a successful author. Can you talk a little bit about that? Again, no. I said no, no, no. I was I happened to get hired to do marketing for a publishing company that had bought a book from Alloy, and you know this is at the time when Alloy had sold Gossip Girl, and so there was a lot of hype around Alloy books, and so we were hired to market a book. And during that process, I became really close with the editor. And she would always say, you really should write something. You really should do something. And I just didn't have the time. And then what happened was I was doing some focus groups for a very big consumer packaged goods company um, who was focused on understanding tweens and learning about the tween consumer. And during a break in a focus group, a mom came up to me and she said, you know, I think you know about these things. My daughter is 10. She's reading Gossip Girl. I love that she's reading. I don't know that I think the materials age appropriate. What should I do? And, and from that moment, I thought, okay, I love girls. Uh, I really love the middle grade age. Could I write a girl who was interesting and intriguing and had good values? And it was about friendship, um, which at the time was kind of like the antithesis of Gossip Girl, which was fun and sexy in its own right, but for 16, you know, maybe not for 10. And so mm-hmm. uh, that's where I started Mackenzie Blue. And 
I asked the editor at the time, who are the top agents that you purchased from? And that's how I found my agent. And that's how, you know, Mackenzie started. And, and now, you know, goodness, that's 14 years later, I'm really blessed to be doing the spinoff series, the Z Files, that's exclusive with Target and many, many books now, um, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. But yeah, it started out as a marketing assignment that then turned into me writing a series. What has it been like to be a voice for young readers with your books and your characters? And so that's really making an impression on these tweens that are now, you know, that are, that are, that are older. As you said, you've been doing it for 14 years. You're making such an impression on children at a, at a, at a young age. And they take that, these girls take that with them for the rest of their lives. What is, what is that like? Uh, it's a responsibility. I think when I did Mackenzie Blue, I was really focused on values, right? Uh, and values including sustainability, friendship. Um, you know, we talked a lot about STEM, girls focused on STEM, and just the idea that I didn't want to box in this 12 year old girl. Now, you know, many years later, my focus is representation. You know, less than 10% of middle grade titles have, you know, protagonist that's black. So that means that girls who look like me don't really see girls who look like them, you know, showing up when they go to buy books. And so uh, it really was a more, I wouldn't say a dramatic shift for me. It was an intentional shift to say, um, I'm going to write stories that reflect, you know, black and brown girls because that's missing in the market, right? So back to product market fit, um, my writing partner and I were just talking about this yesterday, about the type of characters we want to create, the type of stories we want to tell that many times come from our experiences. And you know, I'm working on a really, really big project um, that I'm announcing quite shortly uh, with Penguin Random House. And it's just a beautiful project. And, you know, I had this idea many, many years ago around the same time as Mackenzie Blue. But, you know, the focus has been so awesome to really be completely focused on representation and, and creating what I hope will be seen as positive role models, you know, for all girls with, with a focus on black and brown girls. Have you seen a shift in, in how companies are talking to girls? Um, I would like to. <laughs> I'd like to see a shift. First, I have to be honest and say um, I'm not a mom, you know, mm -hmm. I, I am an aunt. Uh, and I have an 11 and a half year old niece and an almost five year old nephew. And my niece is my little bestie. We talk every single day and we have the best relationship, but she's not my child, right? So we're, that we have this great relationship where I can observe her life and observe what she needs and also be this like confidant adult person for her. And, you know, I often felt in the agency business that people would say things about millennials that I didn't really think were true. Um, that they created this almost like craziness with clients. Like you need to understand millennials or you're going out of business, right? And it made and generated a lot of money, but it also put so many bad myths out about millennials. It just didn't make any sense to me. And I often feel that with girls where, you know, I, I, I talk with my teams often about, how we speak to girls in my content, what's appropriate, what's not. And, and I push back a lot, you know, when I hear girls wouldn't do that. I'm like, why do you say that? Do you say that as a mom in their life? Do you say that because you wouldn't want your child to do that? Do you not give them their own agency over their feelings? And so I have often felt in my career that it's my job to reflect 
the consumer and reflect what they need and not this idea that I'm here to create this thing and then drive demand. And that I've always felt a little out of sync with my, my industry because I really do um, spend a lot of time observing and observing what's missing in a market and how to fill that need versus just creating more noise, you know, and that's why I'm doubling down on representation, right? That's a true need we see now in middle grade. And I don't believe that it's only a need for black and brown girls to see themselves. I believe every parent wants to bring literature with black and brown girls to their girls too. You know, it's just, we need more content. And so um, I think that the idea that the consumer or the customer doesn't know what they want is so antiquated, especially, I mean, when the internet arrived, that changed. And now, you know, when you have this kind of democratization of, of distribution of goods, you don't have to just go to the department store to get what you want anymore, right? Mm-hmm. You can buy from each other. We can buy on Instagram. And so it just, it, I love, I am a huge fan and have always been a huge fan of customers being in charge of their buying decisions. And I always would say, you have the biggest vote, you vote with your dollars, you know? So I'm very customer focused. I, I have been my entire career, not I'm so cool and creative. I'm going to make this thing and drive a lot of demand. You just launched a new company, Relevant Media. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing? Yeah. So when I was running the agency, I realized that the, the best things we got to do were build these content projects, right? So uh, the Dell Inspire 100, the Labo 100, the Super Soul 100. And I just love the content element of that business. And then I also loved the book business. And so um, I had a couple years ago launched a platform for women of color called Elevation Tribe, and we wanted to do more with it. And so all that ended up last year with me saying, okay, I'm going to make a content company. I want to call it Relevant, RLVNT, because I really believe in making relevant content, relevant media. Um, and so that's how the brand was born. And very quickly we had, you know, the, the book deals that we have with Target and Penguin Random House, and now we're working on TV uh, which is really fun. I just uh, shot a sizzle reel the other day for a, a TV show and help, hoping is coming, going to come to life. And so I realized I like making content and I really have a focus on representation. And so that's the focus of relevant media, whether it's content for entrepreneurs or for tweens or for what I'm calling culturist, uh, that might be more of the influencer style thing. It's really about creating content uh, with, with an intentional audience. So um, you... You are someone who strikes me as you, you know, it's, you seem to be kind of intuitively aware and understanding of who you are. Mm -hmm. And this is something we hear from women that they really struggle with self-awareness. How do does it just come naturally for you? Do you have a daily practice? Can you give women any tips about maybe tapping in how they can tap into maybe what's going on for them to be more self-aware. Uh, sure. So first uh, I said earlier, I'm the oldest of six. And if you want to be self-aware, have five younger siblings, you will be the most self-aware person. Um, and so it's- <laughs> well, why, wait, why do you say that? I don't, I don't have six. I don't have five siblings. <laughs> no, you're, you're peers, right? So you're, and I, I have a, you know, my youngest brother is an incredibly successful composer and songwriter and musician and genius. And, you know, when we're together, there's no, well, here comes the songwriter. We're all the same, you know, we're, and, and so I think that 
I, I would often joke and it wasn't a joke. Uh, no, I, it's funny. I texted my sisters the other day. I saw this like quote on Facebook and it's like, when I say my phone is dying, it just means I don't really want to talk to you. And I started this funny chat with my sisters and I was like, why do I feel like all of you guys have phones that are always dying, but like mine isn't right. And they were just like cracking <laughs> up. I'm like, or when you have no cell signal or something. And I, and I would always joke and say, you know, if I was, you know, I'm not self-aware or kind or showing up a certain way, my sisters just won't, you know, talk to me. And I, I have three younger sisters. And so and we're quite close. That, that relationship's really important. But I also think turning 40 is a big part of it. I think turning 40, you become incredibly self-aware. And you also realize what matters, what doesn't, and where your energy is going to go. You know, I... The biggest change I've noticed in my life turning 40 is just the energy. I have to be so intentional about where my energy goes. And the more self-aware I am, the more I can quickly say, I don't have the skill set to do this or that. And I need to hire someone who's going to do this thing 10 times better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also have multiple businesses right now. And so I have multiple, you know, multiple book series right now. And so I need to understand what I'm the very best at and what needs my energy and my attention. And then I need to be laser focused on getting the very best person to come in and take on all those things that don't match my skill set. And I think that's been the biggest change. And you can't do that if you're not self-aware. And I, and I also think, um, you know, I heard for years, it's like mindful. I remember, um, you know, I, I'm a researcher, so I love any kind of personality test, any kind of testing. And I did some tests that was like, the best exercise for you is yoga. And I'm like, why? Like, I just, the idea of it was like, it's not happening. And then I started doing yoga about seven years ago. And then from there, I moved to mindfulness and just even taking, you know, 10 minutes in the morning and just being really focused on how do I want my day to go? What, what am I visualizing for my life right now? Like all those things are super important. And so I would say it's hard to be aware or to even get to a place of being able to be aware when you're moving so fast. And that was my first um, thing was to slow down. And I think not being in an agency business obviously affords me the opportunity to slow down because when you are in an agency business, you are at the mercy of your clients if you want to be a good agency. And so that doesn't mean you can always, you know, be at the pace you want to go at. And so um, in this stage of life, I am very fortunate that I can kind of set the pace for my days and set the pace for what I work on and how I work and uh, that's that's been great and all very helpful to creating, you know, that practice. Well, and it sounds like that m- being mindful and having some daily practice, as you said, where you are thinking about setting your intention for what you want the day to be helps helps a lot. And um, that I, I think that's a great it's a great tip is in terms of you are also a women's empowerment leader, right? Why do you think that it's important to support other women? You know, I wouldn't have the career I I have today had other women not supported me. You know, when I was 25 years old, I had a cover story on O Magazine, you know, that really propelled my career at that time. Um, And, you know, the amount of support I got from, you know, my professor when I was an undergrad who helped me turn my, you know, fun side project into a business. I've always had the support of women in my career. And then I went to a women's college too. You know, I did my undergrad at Hood when it was an all women's college. And just seeing that sisterhood and support every day from my friends and many 
of, of the women I went to school with are still my best friends to this day, you know? And so I, I think I have had this narrative throughout my life of women supporting each other. You know, I have three sisters, I have my niece. And so, um, you know, my mom has five sisters. And so I think I've just always seen that in my community reflected in my life. And for me, you know, it's funny. That's one of the things my friends often say is like, you're so helpful. You're so willing to help. And I'm like, I I've always gotten the help. And so I, I can only give it back. You know, that's, that's just who I am. And I've been fortunate to receive it. And, you know, the next phase of my life and the products I'm building now are really focused on how do I package up the knowledge I have or what my friends and I have done collectively and how do we give that to other people who, who need that as well? Well, I love that. And I love the, the, you know, the, the other thing that you're talking about, which I have heard from so many people who I think, you know, just become so successful like you are, is that this notion of gratitude and understanding that other people helped you along the way. So it's your responsibility to kind of turn around and hold out an open arm to them. Um, I love, I love that. And I think it's, um, it's definitely a common theme that I see in women who we talk to um, who've done amazing things um, as you have. So within all of your accomplishments, what are you most proud of? Uh, I think I'm most proud that my niece still feels the need to call me 27 times a day. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that I'm cool enough to get the phone calls, I think. Um, yeah, you know, I think for me, success is really, am I the same person to my family and my friends, the people who are closest to me? You know, and I, you know, I just spent half a lazy Saturday, you know, having a long lunch with my best friend from the time I was 11, we lived seven minutes apart, you know? And so I think those sustained relationships and realizing we, we do different things for a living, but, you know, personally our lives are, you know, intertwined in this way and we're still supportive of each other is what's most important to me, you know? And I think now, you know, when I started writing Phoebe, my, my niece wasn't even here and I'm like, now she's my reader, you know? And so just to, to even have, the fun of like creating products and creating stories and things for girls her age. And you know, I, you know, it's funny when I talk to her and she's like, Ugh, like five kids in my class did your book for our book report, you know, and it's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, you know, and it's not cool enough for her, but you know, she's like, five of my friends. I'm like, I just love that. You know, that moment of how she's looking at what I'm building and what she thinks of it and what she thinks that will be possible for herself in her life is really, for me, what success is, right? That I can show girls who look like me that you too can do exactly what I'm doing. That there's no real, you know, secret here. It's all about you being able to see me out in the world doing it and knowing that you can do the same thing. It, what I mean, it's a gift and it's a le- it's your legacy. And it's, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, for someone your age to already have this legacy and having impacted all of these girls um, and, you know, business, of course, but also these, these young women who are now probably a lot of them are older and kind of going out into the world themselves. So um, it's kind of, it's just unbelievable. And it's an amazing accomplishment. I am just, you you seem to have so many, but I do want to ask you one last question, which is what is your personal superpower? Uh, connecting. Mm. Definitely. And, and I love to do it. I love when 
I know I'm going to connect two people who will find such value in getting to know each other yeah. uh, and be able to help each other. And so, um, yeah, I, I love making a connection. Well, I love that. Um, and it's not surprising, given, uh, I think, given everything that you said, um, you've talked about today, Tina, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. If people want to find you and follow you, what is the best way for them to do that? Uh, TinaWells.com. And I have a weekly newsletter where I give uh, business tips and information on projects I'm working on. And so I would say that's the best thing is to go to TinaWells.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for listening to She Speaks How She Does It. We hope that this episode inspired you in your own experience and path towards success. Be sure to like and subscribe to follow our series of conversations. We'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. So join the conversation at She Speaks Up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. You can also join She Speaks at shespeaks.com. Thanks for listening and look forward to our next conversation. Thank you for listening. If you're an influencer or a brand that wants to work with us, please feel free to email us at info at Until next time.